1: Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast. We got a lot of feedback about an article we discussed about a week ago about debates on school campuses and the judges that bring their quote unquote paradigms, their belief system into these debates that can impact how a kid actually argues a point. It was incredible. You clearly thought it was incredible. We have the author with us. That's next.
0: Now. It's time for some sanity. It's the Michelle Tafoya podcast.
1: We heard from a lot of you about this piece that we discussed from the free press, Barry Weiss's outfit, at high school debates, debate is no longer allowed. This article so struck me, and clearly the free press, I think they held a town hall forum about it because people were just astonished that a high school debate judge could bring a set of values And viewpoints into the debate that could impact the kids' arguments. I say kids because they're kids. (laughs) Impact what they say. Impact how they argue or whether or not they even broach a topic if they think it might get them, you know, the loss in the debate. They could win or lose based on the judge's belief system. It's incredible, and I'm excited that we have the writer of that piece from the Free Press with us coming up in a matter of moments. But first, some breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, GenuCell has upgraded their most popular package to feature their top-selling deep-firming vitamin C serum plus ultra-retinol moisturizer and natural retinol alternative products that I use and love. And right now, take advantage of this limited-time package upgrade for 70% off. Why waste time and money to get you know work done? When you can have stuff arrive at your door that helps your face transform. Uh, Here's a GenuCell.com review from Robert in Blessing, Texas. Quote, I purchased GenuCell as a gift from my girlfriend. She said she saw results so fast, so we joined their concierge program immediately. It's honestly the best skincare she's ever used and is extremely impressed with all the GenuCell products. As am I. Her skin is noticeably softer and smoother. I can see and feel the difference too. She was already beautiful and Genucel has made her more beautiful. That's really sweet. And by the way, Robert, I hope you're using Genucel because it's perfect for men and women. So GenuCell's secret is a family recipe for over 20 years that makes it appropriate for all skin types. Made by a compounding pharmacist in small batches. Always safe, always cruelty-free, always natural. So right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Michelle and save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package featuring both the GenuCell Ultra Retinol and GenuCell Firming Serum. I, I love that stuff. Don't wait. Go to GenuCell.com, dot com slash Michelle with one L. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Genucel.com slash Michelle. Get a complimentary spa essentials box with every package order plus free upgrade to priority shipping com slash michelle Genucel.com slash m-i-c-h-e-l-e the aforementioned james fishback joins us now i'm so grateful james that you're joining us i'm i'm grateful you wrote this piece for the free press i'm grateful for the free press uh barry weiss's publication is is a great resource for so many people me included so you you have been a debater in your past you know you you so you kind of come from this world of of debate what what sparked your interest in in doing this article
2: i was really concerned about an activity that changed my life so many successful ideas came out of this right and it changed my life in such a big big way What I saw happening, I just couldn't stay silent. You know, I competed in high school debate for four years from 2009 to 2013, went off to college and then came back in 17 as a debate coach. And it was when I came back as a debate coach, I really saw this ideological hijacking of what was once a free speech bastion where any idea could be challenged, any conventional wisdom could be questioned. And that's no longer the case today.
1: How did these judges... Of course, you can, I guess, register yourself as a debate judge and have certain qualifications. I'm assuming that's what is required. But with these these paradigms, first of all, for our listeners and viewers who didn't hear this original story, describe what a paradigm of a debate judge is.
2: Absolutely. A, a paradigm is essentially an online blog post where a judge gets to post their thoughts, their expectations for the debate round. Now, originally, Michelle, the way paradigms would work is if you were going to come out to judge a debate tournament, you might say, I really like primary source evidence and I don't like students who speak at 350 words a minute. So could you slow down for me? And so it wasn't a political, it was a very just style, uh, some, some, some speed, some presentation tips for each individual has their own preferences there. But what paradigms ended up becoming when I came back to high school debate in 2017 is they became riddled with political and ideological statements and these sort of purity tests where, as you read in the article for the Free Press, one judge says, look, if you even mention the term illegal immigration, you're done. You lose the round. And I'm going to interrupt you the second you say that and then ridicule and humiliate you so you never." make that mistake. Again, Lila Lavender, who we opened the piece up with, says to her students, I'm a Marxist, Leninist Maoist. Before being a debate judge, therefore I cannot evaluate certain arguments pro-Israel, pro-capitalism, pro-police. And so what students end up doing is they have to conform, Michelle. If a student walks into that round with an argument about Oh, maybe capitalism can help the bottom billion. Maybe it can reduce poverty. Maybe Israel does have a right to defend itself. Maybe the police, as we found out over the last couple of years, does play a really important role in making sure our communities are safe. Those arguments are not going to fly. And then it creates this echo chamber where this becomes a vicious cycle where no student wants to deviate from that prevailing orthodoxy
1: that is terrifying to me because that's that is basically shutting down free speech not basically right. that is shutting down free speech how do these debate judges continue to have a role in this in this whole system because i to me if i'm organizing a debate and i'm hiring judges or whatever i'm bringing on judges i'm looking at these paradigms and i'm like no you cannot bring that judge into this to this competition
2: It's a feature, not a bug. The NSDA wants these types of judges. Look, they had an, they've had every single opportunity over the Remind last couple people, of years. Remind people,
1: sorry, what is, what the NSDA is?
2: Absolutely, the National Speech and Debate Association. Okay. It's the longest running and largest high school debate league in the country. It Was founded in 1925. <sighs> it. Neil Gorsuch, Elizabeth Warren, Justice Jackson, Justice Breyer, Justice Alito, all competed. Under the NSDA, actually Justice Gorsuch, who came and spoke with the Incubate debate students last summer, he was a national champion in 1982. So this this organization changed so many lives. It changed my life. I wouldn't be any really in, in any position to even write this article or do anything had it not been the skills that high school debate instilled in me. Why do they? To your question, Michelle, why do they continue to bring these judges? because they don't see a problem with it. That's really, I think the simplest answer I can give is they don't see a problem with this because this is their ideology. This is what they stand for is in the name of protecting feelings and ensuring safe spaces, they want to ensure that certain judges stamp out certain types of arguments. Heaven forbid, by the way, there's a discussion about COVID and how the government responded, mm-hmm. or about so called gender affirming healthcare. You're mm-hmm. never going to see those types of debates in the NSDA. And the reason why is because they consider those non negotiable, settled topics. Of course, gender affirming healthcare is good. Of course, affirmative action is good. Of course, Israel is an evil apartheid regime. That's what they say. There's no debating that. And as you know, free speech is never settled. Debate topics are never settled. We have to constantly question and prevail and let the students participate where diversity of viewpoints are actually welcomed.
1: Amen to that. Uh, Spoken like a true debate champ yourself. Listen, is there an alternative environment for these young people to debate in?
2: The alternative is... There's not one straight alternative. There's a number of small organizations that are cropping up. A number of homeschool networks are doing their own debate leagues. I think the biggest thing for the parents who are listening right now is it's easy to be swayed by the accolades, the scholarships, the shiny trophies, the NSDA points and graduation courts and all of that. But at the end of the day, ask yourself, is your son or daughter learning or are they merely winning? Yeah, And it's this fundamentally needs to be an educational activity. And for it to be educational, your kid has to be questioned. They have to be challenged. They have to be able to challenge other people's beliefs as a result. So Incubate Debate is an organization that I started in 2019 to do that. We've got six independent debate leagues where we are bringing free speech, merit, and diversity of viewpoints back to high school debate. One way we do that, Michelle, is we just don't tolerate the judge's that the NSDA tolerates. And we do that via a citizen judge model. So instead of having former high school debaters like Lila Lavender and college debate champions like her come out and judge these debates, we actually pull from members of the community, faith-based leaders, local law enforcement, local elected officials, members of the judiciary, armed forces, business owners and operators, a, a wide swath of the population. They sign up, they volunteer to judge we put them on panels. They have to agree unanimously on the ranking on who did well in that round. And you got so much perspective there. It's so puzzling why the NSDA and other organizations like it don't turn to a citizen judge model. If you were to watch some of these high school debate rounds, they are riddled with jargon, riddled with out-of-touch arguments that are are read at 300 to 350 words a minute you wouldn't think you're watching a high school debate. You think you're watching a speed talking competition where every other word is hegemony, solvency, internal link, and all of that. And I think of the great (laughs) debates, Michelle, think of Reagan-Mondale, right, in 84. Think of Clinton, H.W., and Perot in 92. We need debates like that. Even even the Republican primary debates, I'm looking forward to seeing those as well, where actually ideas are going to be challenged High school debate is a shell of its former self. Bring the merit back to it, and we're going to see really incredible results as a as a result of that.
1: I am so glad you are doing this. And uh, if you're ever in my neck of the woods, I'd be happy to be on a panel. Um, let you. me ask you this: you it, it, this this piece obviously got a lot of attention, and so that town hall um, or it's town hall uh, that that the Free Press buried you guys put together. A, a town hall about yeah. it. How did that? How did, What was the format there, and, and what was it like?
2: It went really well. It was it was a panel, so it was two current high school debate students, one former who's now in college, but one current high school debate students, both of which are members of the NSDA and have experience competing with them. The other is a decade long debate coach. At a underserved high school, largely Black and Hispanic high school in Los Angeles, and these weren't—you know—I'm an unapologetic conservative, but these weren't conservatives on the panel, and but they all shared very similar frustrations hmm. with what happened to the NSDA. And I'll never forget what one young Black girl named Brianna Watley shared on the panel, along with Fox News's Dana Perino, a couple of days before hmm. she was going into an NSDA tournament a couple of months ago in Florida. And the debate was about, pretty good topic, by the way, was about President Biden's foreign policy track record, a conversation we all ought to be having in light of what's going on in Ukraine, no serious efforts at de-escalating their pushing for peace, the tragedy that was the Afghanistan withdrawal uh, in 2021. Really important conversation to have. And before the round even started, before this young girl could even have the opportunity to speak. She was warned by her NSDA judge, don't bring up President Trump. And she's not a conservative. This was a debate where if we're going to talk about Biden's track record, we ought to be able to talk about what happened under the previous administration. What was President Trump able to accomplish with the Abraham Accords in the Middle East, with the breakthrough diplomacy with North Korea, with the China phase one trade deal and so on. And not by the way, not just the positives, but also the potential drawbacks there. She was warned before the round, she was censored in silence. Don't bring up Trump. So these are just one of many, many examples that the reporting further corroborates, which is certain arguments are just not tolerated anymore in the National Speech and Debate Association
1: what's scary about that too in that example that you just mentioned is if you so you may hate president trump with a an intensity like no other but the fact of the matter is he was the president of the united states for 4 years that's right if you say someone can't talk about that you're basically erasing facts you're erasing history you're you're saying don't acknowledge the thing that we all know was there. And that kind of sounds like cultural revolution to me. I mean, that sounds like it, it's, it sounds very, very, it's, it's a little terrifying to be honest. I, I, I can't believe that this goes on. How do you think um, this, you're bringing the attention to all of this is going to propel things? Do you, do you get the sense that I have this little glimmer of hope in me right now? that things are starting to, people are starting to sort of go, whoa, and having their aha moment, Kurt, you know, thanks to Oprah for that little statement, <laughs> but just having their, their, their thought that, boy, this really doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem American. It doesn't seem free. So, yeah. I, I mean, I just wonder with your efforts and the attention you're bringing to this, if you see any kind of movement in turning the ship,
2: I do. I actually am really, really optimistic, Michelle, and the reason why is because of the support that I got after the article. Uh, Look, I was I was thrilled to have Vivek Ramaswamy and Ted Cruz and Jim Banks and the GOP Twitter account bring up the article and and share it. I was proudest though of people like Larry Summers and Democratic Congresswoman uh, Congressman Ro Khanna speaking out and saying. Censorship of certain viewpoints is un-American. It is anti-free speech. It should yeah. never be tolerated. This is one of those issues, by the way, that's not 50-50. You know, 50% of people like Trump, 50% of people can't stand him. Free speech is fundamentally an American value that can never be compromised. And that's where you get sort of the, maybe the 80-20 or the 90-10 divide. Right. 80 to 90% of the people who read this article were appalled by what they read. And I'll tell you, as you know, Michelle, 90% of this country did not vote for Donald Trump and does not use the word illegal immigrant on a daily basis. Right. Yet they were appalled by what they read. Right. So the fact that there was so much backlash at the NSDA, despite, by the way, when we had the receipts, right? When I wrote this article, I had the receipts. This wasn't, yes. oh, some kid three years ago said somebody said something about being a Marxist. Right. These profiles are still public, still online to this day. The reason why is because Lila Lavender, Sabram Gupta, Kriti Shamar, who who actually went out of their way to criticize these kids and silence free speech, they're not ashamed of what they did. They're actually proud of what they did. That's why they've left their profiles up and they continue to judge. Many of these judges, uh, even the ones that I didn't even identify in the article but are still very problematic, they'll be judging the national speech and debate Mm -hmm. national tournament uh, in two weeks' time in Phoenix, Arizona. And that's really troubling that a national debate champion could become a champion because they conform to a certain ideology. But the NSDA, I asked him six times, three phone calls, three emails for comment on this piece in the lead up to it, two weeks of commenting period. They didn't get back to me once. It took him 36 hours to put together a two-page word salad. Moral of the story for your listeners, they did not condemn, they did not dismiss, They did not discipline the openly self-avowed Marxist judges, the one judge who said, if you're not white, don't talk about how certain issues affect people of color, which is to say, if you're a white girl from Kentucky, don't you dare talk about or be concerned about the senseless violence we're seeing in D.C., Chicago, and Baltimore. That's un-American. It stands... Every everybody should be appalled by that. You know, think about Barack Obama. I bring it up in the piece that famous someone say the 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 speech that led him to the presidency, two thousand and four, Boston Democratic National Convention. He says, "Look, if there's a kid on the South Side of Chicago that can't read, and that's not my child, I still care. If there's an Arab American family being rounded up without due process." being selectively prosecuted. We now know that that did happen with their American families. It's happening today with conservatives in the pro-life movement and and Mm -hmm. those who protested at the Capitol in January 6th. That still still should offend all of us. Mm -hmm. Debate taught me as a high school student to care about issues that affected people different from me. I cared about what was happening in Haiti. I cared about what was happening in low-income communities that didn't look like mine right. because I was exposed to these viewpoints. And now you have judges saying, if you're white, don't you dare talk about things that affect Black or Hispanic Americans. That's just so glimmer of hope. I'm happy that both Democrats and Republicans have acknowledged the peace, have pushed back on the viewpoint censorship. And I think we're going to get some really good alternatives. I don't think the NSDA can be reformed. I actually held out hope because this organization changed my life. Right. They can't be reformed because when you bring the receipts and say, hey, you've got self-avowed Marxists who are saying we are discriminating against certain viewpoints in a free speech forum, and they're they not willing to step up and say, all right, we made a mistake. We own up to it. We're going to open an investigation. We condemn them. They're dismissed as judges. We're never going to hire them again. That's, that's a potential. That's a glimmer of hope. They didn't do that. But much like the capitalism that Lila Lavender decries in her paradigm, I believe that capitalism is the solution here. I believe we need parallel institutions yes. that will compete with the NSDA, much like Wawa made a better food product for fast food at gas stations and 7-Eleven did. You're <laughs> going to get you're going to get competition, right? The iPhone was a better product than the Palm Pilot and so yes. on. Very let's get creative destruction. The incumbents who sat on their laurels just because they've been around for a hundred years doesn't mean they're right. The best ideas and the best forums for free speech ought to win in
1: this debate. Beautifully said. You're writing a follow-up piece. Is that because of all the feedback you got? Is it what is how is what should we expect from this piece and when is it coming out?
2: You know, I, I'm really excited to say that the follow-up piece is going to come out in the next month. And it's going to be, of course, in the free press. I'm so grateful to Barry and her team for for giving me this opportunity. I actually cold called her uh, on this piece idea. Did you? The speaking.
1: first one you did, you cold the called her. The first
2: one. I totally... And they're, by the way, her editors were puzzled. How did you how did you get to her? <laughs> I, uh, I was being interviewed by Vivek Ramaswamy on his podcast a couple yeah. months ago, and I brought this topic up. And afterward, he said, you should really write something about it. And the free press... As, as you know, Michelle has just been that platform to really yes. bring out really good reporting. So yeah. I reached out to her. I said, here's some of the paradigms. I've got many, many more. I'd like to run a piece. Within an hour or two, she responded, give me 1800 words in a week. And I did, and we iterated and it was really special. So I'm glad to be bringing the piece back. The piece is really going to focus, the follow-up is going to focus on the student stories and the coach stories behind the censorship And the ideological hijacking of high school debate, you know, this opening piece, I think it did so well because we had the receipts. We had incontrovertible evidence here. You know, people talk about, oh, my teacher, my eighth grade teacher said this about the Civil War or said this about Trump. We actually had evidence that this was online in their own words of what was being said. Yeah. And just we, so course, you know,
1: in my paradigm, I really like evidence. So well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> that is my paradigm. Yeah, a lot of people would
2: say that. They say, okay, this wasn't... Uh, and Barry told me this when, in the very early on. She said, we want 90% evidence, 10% commentary. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the that's the guideline, Michelle, I'm going to stick to. I think it's a really great way to do it is... I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to put the the examples, the evidence in front of you and let people draw their own conclusions. So I'm having conversations with current NSDA, past NSDA students and coaches to get their experience. And I got to tell you, this is some really shocking stuff. So I look forward to sharing that article with you at the end of the month when it gets published.
1: I can't wait. And will you come back and talk to us about it then?
2: Oh, it'd it'd be my pleasure
1: that it'd be incredible. Um, James Fishback, this is, uh, before you go, I want to ask you about, because if, if we thought this was purely a conservative idea, that debate is good, uh, we were mistaken. And I never did think that I think that the Democrats who are going to vote in the democratic primary want to see a de- Joe Biden debate with that's right. Kennedy with Marianne Williams, with whomever is now stepping in. Um, right. Why won't he do it?
2: Because and this, is,
1: this is asking for your opinion now, unless you've opinion. got receipts. But you know, <laughs> I'd love your opinion on this.
2: Because it would be a massive, massive blunder. It's the same reason he won in 2020. He stayed in the basement. Yeah. He stayed out of public view. He couldn't be questioned. He couldn't be scrutinized. RFK is an impressive guy. Marion mm-hmm. Williamson's an impressive guy. But the Democratic voters in this primary ought to have the ability, even if they support President Biden, ought to have the ability to be shown different viewpoints. We don't just put the incumbent in there because they're the incumbent and because it's convenient for Democratic Party operatives. We actually have to have a primary. I'm excited to see that on the Republican front here in the next couple of months. We've got a number of great candidates, but every every single person should question the status quo. And even if they're rooting for Biden in the end, should still have his views, his ideas, his track record scrutinized. And that's why I would really push wholeheartedly on making sure that we have primary debates in the Democratic Party and to bring people like RFK and Marianne Williamson to the stage, if at the very least to be able to challenge these ideas. And if, by the way, if Biden ends up the nominee after an open debate and a primary, we're actually going to have voters come out, then so be it for yes. the Democratic Party. But let the Democratic primary voters have an opportunity to have their candidate tested.
1: Uh, they don't want to test him. I, the no. people who know what's going on and see him every day don't want him tested. Um, he is tested constantly and continues to score about a D or an F on many of the tests, C minus on a good day. And so I don't think they want, you know, that. Look, it's it's a debacle. I, I, there are some people who still think that he's not going to be the candidate, and. I mean, really smart people who think he's not going to be the candidate. Right. It is very interesting because, um, again, you've got people on his side in that party saying, damn it, where's the debate? You, you really yeah. want us to go in and vote without seeing these other candidates compare and being able to compare. And right. that's what it is it's an ability to compare arguments side by side, not television ads, not pre recorded pieces. But side by side, on your feet, in the moment, tell me what your ideas are and back them up and convince me. And if you can't offer that, boy, that is really scary.
2: That's really scary considering he's got to finish this term and he's got four more years. If you can't take RFK or Marion Williamson, that's that's (laughs) just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. How are you going to sit across from Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin?
1: Right. Right. It's, it's, these are troubling times. I'm so grateful to you for shedding light on this. And I can't wait for the next piece. We're going to have you back to discuss it. Um, people who don't subscribe to the free press, it's, it's kind of the only thing I think is worth subscribing to these days, quite frankly. Because as you said, a lot of evidence, a little opinion. It's very balanced. Barry Weiss is hardly a conservative. No, right. Uh, right. But she is a sensible, smart intelligent wise woman who uh, welcomes all kinds of viewpoints to me that that's why i put so much stock in what you wrote I, you know i find it there and i think this is this is legit i'm so pleased to meet you and i'm so i'm so grateful like i said i am i'm grateful for anyone who's willing to stand up and point out the truth and unabashedly say this is not right this is not american this is not the direction we want to be going. This is not good for the future of our of our country and therefore the future of the world, quite frankly, if you, if you want to be honest about it. So um, I'm really grateful to meet you. And we're looking forward to your follow-up piece, which I, I have a feeling is going to be astonished, even more astonishing than this one, if you're talking to people who are willing to share their stories in such detail. James Fishback, thank you so much
2: michelle thank you so much for having me
1: yeah you bet uh you can tell he was a champion debater you have a really nice voice too i think there's a future for you somewhere james in this whole big scheme of opinion kind of evidence kind of stuff anyway he's james fishback i'm michelle thanks for listening and as always be brave and do good and read the free press